Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. And so at the beginning of this year and our new years, uh, as God began to speak to us what was coming, God told us that this was a marker year for the body of Christ, that God was calling the body in its totality to return to him, not to return back, but to return to, to go toward God where he is. And so often we, um, we have assumed where God is and God has not been there. I'm going to leave that for somebody right here. We've assumed where God is, and he actually has not been there. We've assumed that God is at a position or a place or a job or an environment uh, because it started to just line up so easily. And, And it seemed as if this was the way. But God has said, I'm asking you to return to me, toward me, where I am. And so with that, we begin the journey of Exodus. We began to leave those things uh, that had been holding us up and holding us back. And we literally were walking through the book of Exodus into the book of, uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, Exodus and Numbers. We are now in the book of Joshua. But, but today, God asked me to ask a question that has to take us back before we can cross over. We have been in Joshua 3, standing at the shore of promise. He told us to camp there for three days because what he wanted to do was to reset us to make sure that we were going forward with the right mindset, the right heart, the right spirit, and in faith because we've never been this way before. And we are journeying a way that we've never been before, which means we've never seen it before, which means we can't direct ourselves through it. So God is asking us to put our focus, our gaze on him, because he is going to cross us over into this promised place. And each of you has a promised place with your name on it. But the body of Christ as a whole has a promised place with our name on it. And so that is where we've been. And so he said today, I need you to ask them a question because we're getting ready to cross over but I have to make sure that they are in the place to go. And God talked to, talk to us about before we go and be being prepared to go. If you have not heard any of these messages, we do have a podcast. Um, we'll put it in the chat. Please listen to these because um, they're going to stir up another level of faith. They're going to really explain the season that the body of Christ is actually in. God has been so kind to speak to us this way. And so I want you to go to um, the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. The book of Numbers, it is one of the first five books of the Bible, which was called the Torah, T-O-R-A-H. The first five books of the Bible. And we're gonna be in Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV today, and we're going to read just a few verses. And so I'm going to read, it says this, verse one, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices 
and wept out loud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Or our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Verse five says, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, Jephunneh, uh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. I'm going to stop there because Caleb and Joshua were part of the spies that were sent to go and see the land before they would cross. Verse eight says, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land. Let me say this. If the Lord is pleased with us, our Bible teaches us that there is only one way to please God. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, the land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Verse nine, only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I want to ask you the question this morning. Are you finished with your Egypt? Are you finished? with your Egypt. Now, here's the thing. I know all of you will start to shake your heads and say, yes, 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 yes. Of course I am. Then it'll bring us back to Wednesday when we talked about examining ourselves and making sure that our faith is not counterfeit. Because if you remember, it says that we have to test our faith, prove our own faith, that it's not on the backs of somebody else but that there comes a place where we have, we'll say yes or we'll say no, but yet in the back of us, we're still conjuring a different thought. And so the immediate response is, of course, I've left my Egypt. Yes, 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 yes. But we're going to walk through some things to make sure that you actually have finished with your Egypt. I want to say this. Um, oh, Lord, help me today. He is, he, I, Ball head baby. Buckle up. So so here, here we go. So this morning, when I heard this question, I started to, 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 to see this scripture in my mind. And as I was, I went into read Numbers 14 before I could even start to go back in, in the question where, where they were saying, um, we should just go back to Egypt. Verse nine kept sticking out to me and I, I couldn't shake it because literally verse nine shows us something um, that Aaron and, and, and Moses, they started by saying, only do not rebel against the Lord. 
And a lot of times we talk about a spirit of rebellion. We know that the Bible says a spirit, but maybe you don't know. The Bible does say that the spirit of rebellion is as of witchcraft. And we'll talk about being, you know, we'll talk about people who are rebellious. But a lot of times, because we have defined what rebellion is, we will say that we ourselves are not a rebellious person or that we are not in rebellion or we are not rebelling against the Lord. I want to give the definition of the word rebel. In verse nine, this word rebel in the Hebrew means this, to have bold and audacious acts of rebellion. It also means to attack. It means to rise in opposition. Oh, here's one that may be more familiar to you because maybe this might sound like you resist against. The word rebellious means to resist authority. But the picture in this text literally means war or a declaration of war. We war with what God's doing. We war with where God's taking us. We war with our past. Often. And yet we um, will not deal with the war. We will just try to move forward. We will just try to step forward or, or give the appearance that we are finished with Egypt when Egypt is still warring on the inside of us. And so as I was looking at this word rebel in, in, in chapter nine, oh my goodness, God said this. He said, until the rebel dies in you, you will always have fractures in your relationship with me. He said, until the rebel dies in you, which means until that resistance to what I'm asking and what I'm calling, until that warring of what was and what could be and what will be, until uh, uh, um, the, 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 the resistance to opposition, I mean, to authority, and until you stop opposing what's being said or until you stop trying to reinterpret what I'm saying, what I'm doing, until the rebel dies in you, you will always have fractures in your relationship with me. I was literally washing my face and I heard that I had to grab my phone and write it down because so often we don't see ourselves as rebels because when we're looking at what it means to be rebellious, we're focused on the fact I haven't made any bold, audacious opposition. I haven't, you know, I haven't been forward with my rebellion. Oh, but my hesitation is a rebellion. My resistance is a rebellion. My disobedience is a rebellion. I have been a rebel without a cause for a long time. Because the truth of the matter is I haven't trusted the way you're taking me because I'm not in charge of the way you're taking me. I don't have control over the way you're taking me. I don't even have insight right now to the way you're taking me. And it makes me more uncomfortable than I've ever been. And even though I know you don't work in comfortability, I, I thrive in being comfortable. And so, he, ooh. Until the rebel dies in you, 
You will always have fractures in your relationship with me. Some of you are more, uh, 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 some of you are a little bit more uh, outgoing and maybe a little bit more bold, but some of us seem we have more of a quiet um, demeanor and it will um, often look like we're not rebellious. But the truth of the matter is we have small moments of rebellion all the time. A lack of accountability is rebellion. I'm just going to click my screen. I'm just going to click my screen. A lack of accountability as a member of the bride of Christ is an act of rebellion. See, we like to be accountable after we've done everything. We, 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 we like to, to, to be accountable after we got the thing or we conquered or we got victory. Now the accountability, it, 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 it's not really accountability. You've already done what you wanted to do. You sought no wise counsel. It says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. And many of us are trying to counsel alone, thinking that we're safe. And we are the most dangerous when we are by ourselves. And you can't have accountability. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me tell you who you can't be accountable to. Someone who's scared of you and someone that you are more mature than. See, a lot of us like to be accountable and we know it. We know that they, this person acquiesces to what we want. We know that this person just goes along with what we want. We know that this person won't buck against what we're saying because they see us as more spiritually mature. So we'll be accountable to someone who is a little bit afraid of us or a little bit uh, apprehensive of us or sees us higher than we actually are. Or we'll be accountable to someone who is lower than we are. Because see, if I'm accountable to you, you won't challenge me. You won't come against what I'm saying. You'll just agree and be like, yeah, that sounds dope. Oh, that sounds good. But a lack of accountability is, is rebellion. Uh, 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 um, a lack of following God's word the way he said it is rebellion. Not the way you interpreted it, not the way you tried to make it fit what you're doing, but the way he said it. And so let me show you some signs that you are still in rebellion. They're the same signs that the children of Israel had in this text. Uh, the signs are frustration, complaining, restlessness, comparing, fear, and looking back frustration complaining restless comparing looking back and fear these are signs that there's a that there are resistance in us that there's a war still on the inside of us the children of Egypt have been crying out to the Lord it says God heard their cry and he found Moses a leader he could trust to lead them out of captivity and now they have been gone for 3 days and they God has covered them he has provided for them he's loved them he's protected them and they have the audacity the bold audacity to say this God God has brought us out here and it's worse to us than where we've been. The place we cried for freedom from now that we are in a, in a, in a place of freedom, now that freedom is ours, the war on the inside 
The war between what was and what is, is beginning to start to bubble. And now because we're not really sure the way he's taking us, even though he's doing everything for us, I don't know the way he's taking us. And because now I'm frustrated because I don't know, now that I'm I, I, I'm getting restless because I'm unsure because I'm, I'm so used to just being in control. And if I just had a little bit of control, this would make me feel just a little bit better. I start to compare where I was to where I am. And then I start to complain because here's the thing. Ah, Holy Spirit, because now I have started to look back and it makes me think that my prison was more comfortable than my freedom. I, I, I'm looking back, I'm looking back and, and it makes me think that my prison was more comfortable than my freedom. And so if I could just get back to what I know, if I could just get back to the cage that I was in, then I can, I, I, I know that. I, I, I know that, I know that so well. I know how to play the game there. I know how to talk to talk, talk there. I know how to manipulate there. I know how to compromise there. I know, come on. I know how to get what I want and move people this way. I know how to get the crowd hype. I know what to do back there. And even though there's suffering there, even though there's abuse there, even though there's rejection there, even though there's poverty there, even though, come on, even though I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried again, I still find myself looking back. See, he said this, we think where we are let me say this the way he said, Woo. we think where we are needs where we are now. <laughs> so let me say, uh, let me say it this way. So we think where we are now, let me, I'm sorry, thank you Holy Spirit. We think where we are now needs where we were then. See, so now that I've come to this place, I feel like now that I'm this person, I need to go back and because now I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm good. So I should go back there now. He said, but that back there will only bring you where? Back there. But we think where I am now needs, you know, where I am now, I, they need me where I was. Where I am now, I, 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 I'm gonna go and, and, and be different and, and change. And he said, no, but back there will only bring you back there. Says Jesus was without honor. Where? In his hometown. He, 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 he couldn't be who he actually was there because they could not see him as who he was, who he is. He saw them as who he was. And so many of us are looking back, thinking that we can perform miracles in a place that God has moved you from. You don't have authority anymore there. You, you don't have power there. See, that was just the place that raised you, but that was never your promise. That was just the place that raised you, but that wasn't the promise. He said, when God is moving you into promise, it's never where you left. Can I say that again? When God is moving you into promise, it's never where you left. Because if that was promise, why would you leave promise? 
Why would God say there's a place over here if it was there? If, why would you be crying out to God to free you from promise? So when God is moving you into promise, it's never where you left. And see, too many of us are trying to get back to places we left. Come on, that's another sign that you're in rebellion. You're working overtime to get back to where you left. You're trying to now create a new plan and a new opportunity. And now, oh, Holy Spirit, you're starting to see mirages in the place you left that aren't real. You Come on, you're starting to see water in a desert that ain't there. You're starting to see trees produced that have no roots. You are trying to make your promised place your last place. And he said, when I'm moving you into promise, it's never going to be where you left. And if you haven't left yet, I haven't finished making you. See, I got to prepare you to go. You, it's got to come on. I got I to gotta get something on the inside of you that says out loud, this, this isn't it. God, I need you and I need you to move me forward because I know in you there is greater. And so he said this, I, I'm telling you, I was literally, I just was in the, I couldn't stop typing. I was like, well, you are just like, he said, if back, if back is where you keep seeking to go, God will still protect you. He just won't allow you to see the promise. It will be those who had ears to see and eyes to hear that see the promise bigger than the giants. I'm gonna say it again. If back is where you keep seeking to go, God will still protect you. So look, look here, they're talking and, and, and I'm gonna show you how. Let's go, let's go back, let's go back, let's go back to Numbers 14. Now verse 10 says this, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israel, Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe me? In spite of the signs I have performed among them, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. In verse 13, Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people and that you, Lord, have seen, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put all of these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land of promise. He promised them an oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Verse 17, now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations. In accordance with your great love, forgive the sins of these people just, if you, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. Verse 20, and the Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory in the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times 
Not one of them will ever see the land I promised and owe to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the sea. The Lord says to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In the wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of your 20 years old or more who has counted in the census and was grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephthah, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them into enjoy the land you have rejected. I'm going to say it again. If back is where you keep seeking to go, God will still protect you. He will still feed you and cover you and love you. Oh, he just won't allow you to see the promise. And I'm telling you this, I refuse to be a person that does not see her promise. See, we have to be the ones that have ears to see and eyes to hear like Caleb and Joshua were that can go into the land and see that the promise is bigger than the giants. See, when, 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 when we still have not left Egypt, even though we haven't seen the giants, we fear giants we've never seen. Even though we, we, we've heard the good report, we always lean into the negative. Why would God free you from your place of bondage to return you to your place of bondage? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. You know, why would God free you from a place of bondage only to return you to a place of bondage? The answer is he wouldn't, but we would. We would return ourselves. And can I give you, I'm gonna give you three reasons why we would return ourselves to bondage. Number one, what's familiar makes us comfortable. See, we'll say, oh, God is doing this. He wants me to go back to this, to teach me this. Oh God, you know, I'm now somebody new. I'm, I'm a little bit further. Um, I, I, I've matured here, and but he gave me this vision and I still think, and he said, what's familiar just makes you comfortable and because the war in you because you have not settled the war in you because there are remnants of Egypt that excite you because there are remnants of Egypt that please your flesh because there are remnants of Egypt that keep you relevant I'm going to say that again, because there's parts of Egypt that keep you relevant. There's parts of Egypt that, 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 that recognized you. You're part of Egypt that come on. And now in the place of Exodus in the wilderness, where actually God is trying to cultivate you, where God is refining you, where God is making you, where God is pruning you, where God is stretching you and where God is challenging you. It is so uncomfortable. And guess what? The only person who's known, the only name that's great is his. 
Number two, FOMO is real. The fear of missing out is real. Many of us just want to go back to Egypt because of FOMO. I'm missing out on this and, and this is happening now. Now I can't see this and I can't be a part of this. And you know, I, they really need, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. The problem is he called you out. So they knew there'd be, there was a way out. He's calling you out so that they'll know there's a way out. And if you keep living in the fear of missing out, you will cause others to miss their way out. But FOMO is real. FOMO hinders us. It, 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 let me, I'm going to tell this story. And, and thank you, Holy Spirit. It, he just brought this back to me. And, and, and it's with faith. One time, there was a group of us at the house. Two, two of the KHAL um, people in St. Louis, had, we had two LA come to, to, to visit us. It was Jewel and it was Pastor Shea. And, and, and Faith lived around the corner. We were going to watch a movie. And so we started watching them. We got some food. We started watching the movie. And Faith fell asleep, okay? So I woke up Faith because I said, it's late. You got to go home. She said, no, no. And at the time, I had never heard of FOMO, okay? And she literally was like, FOMO, FOMO. And I was like, four more? What are you saying? Because she was half asleep. So she's like, FOMO. And I was like, what? And then I think someone said, fear of missing out. I said, girl. So she said, no, no, I don't want to go. Okay, we let her stay. Five more minutes, she was back asleep. We woke up again. It was late. We're like, okay, no, now you got it's too late. You got to get around this corner. Look, Holy Spirit just reminded me of this. And the reason is that many of us woo, have fear of missing out. Fear not, the fear of missing out. But the truth is back there only lulls us back to sleep. Back, come on, back there, <laughs> back there is detrimental to us. But, but back there, come on, the fear of missing out back there, why would he bring you out to only bring you back? You have to remember, you are, your out is someone else's way out. And if you don't get out, they will never know they can too. They will never see that there is greater. They will never see that there is further. They will never understand the greatness and the goodness of God. And I'm telling you this, there is one in every family. There could be more, but there is definitely one in every family that God takes his way, that calls them to return to him. And you are the lighthouse your family needs. And if you allow FOMO to bring you back, then the, all of you will be stuck. See, I, I, because I'm out, I see differently. Because I'm out, I, I talk differently. Because I'm out, I, I, I move differently. But, but, but number one, familiar, familiarity makes us comfortable. The familiar. And two, FOMO is real. Oh, and then number three. I'm going to say it like you said it. A piece of a vision isn't the whole picture. We want our Egypt to be our promise because when we are called out, it can be lonely. I, I, I'm going to read that again. A piece of a vision isn't the whole picture. Let's just stop right there. 
You need to understand that a piece of a vision isn't the whole vision. And a lot of times we're the people that take the piece of the vision and make Egypt part of a vision. God ain't gonna take you out of a place to make it part of a promise. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Sometimes it's just for you to send the word back. It ain't for you to go back. Sometimes it's just for you to send his word back. It isn't for you to go back. So a piece of a vision isn't the whole picture. We want our Egypt to be our promise because when we are called out, it can be lonely. Can I, can I make it even more concrete? It will be. It will be. But he built you for this. It's only you that doesn't think you're built for this. And guess what? It's lonely only because you're missing what you actually wanted to get away from. And when you miss what you wanted to get away from, you miss who he's actually brought you to. When you miss where you came from, you, you miss the opportunity to see who he's brought to you. You miss the opportunity that he gave you a different family, a greater family. He gave you, come on, you're missing the opportunity that there's more opportunity for you where you are than there ever was where you've been. But because it's lonely. We want the promise to be back in Egypt. And he says, but when I take you to promise, when I'm moving you into promise, it's never where you left. See, the problem is when we haven't finished with Egypt, we will always compare what we, ooh, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna say it the way he said it what we hated to where we're headed. It makes no sense. We compare what we hated to where we're headed. This is what they were doing. We hated being there. I hated being stuck there. I hated the abuse. I hated the way they talked to me, the way they treated me. I hated that they looked over me. I hated that they couldn't even recognize me. I hated, come on. I hated the things I was doing there. I hated who I was becoming there, but now I'm comparing to where I'm headed. And now where I'm headed, woo, now where I'm headed is being halted by what I hated. Are you finished? Are you finished with your Egypt? You got to ask yourself that question and be honest with yourself because until the rebel dies in you, you will always have fractures in your relationship with God. And see, I'm gonna say this, because your rebellion is not bold like it used to be, because it's not as audacious as it used to be, you will say you're no longer there. But when you are rebelling against, when you have resistance against authority, resistance against accountability, and hear me, accountability can't be the way you want it. It has to be the way that it's set. Come on, Responsi mm, responsibility can't be based on how you see it, has to be the way that it's set. Set. A, 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 a communion with God and, and, and devotion to God and dedication to God can't be the way you think it is. It has to be the way he said it. His, come on. The, the, we are warring 
And we got to be honest about the war that is happening on the inside of us, Romans 7. When I seek to do right, evil is always present. We still, we will say we're going a different way, but we're still doing the same things. And then what we'll say is, oh, that was confirmation. Confirmation to what? You don't even realize you are holding yourself hostage because you are still holding on to a place you hated instead of rejoicing toward the promise and the promised place you're heading to. Any questions, comments, concerns? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the K-How podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.